0: Hello and welcome to another great episode of Breaking Bread with Laval Voyage. I am your host, Corey R. Bio. Thank you so much for joining uh us today. We have a special show for you in celebration of women, women's history, International Women's Day. Uh, this is very important. Uh it's a it's an important subject um, to my heart. Um, since I'm some, surrounded by some amazingly powerful women um, that I, we're going to be speaking with in just a few moments. Uh, but I also wanted to, um, before we kick the show off, I wanted to just say a few words about uh, some of my own inspirations about this particular uh, celebration um, with women. Um, we always have, we always say we have heroes, um, images of heroes in our lives. Um, and one of the most important heroes in my life is my mom. Uh, and my mom is one of the ones that actually helped inspire this show uh, and the content of this show. Um, we always, I always think of how much time I spent with her growing up. Uh, my dad was always working. He was a truck driver. Um, so I spent the majority of time with my mom, uh, even on her paper routes, you know, when before uh, preschool, kindergarten. And, uh, and so I remember going on her paper routes with her uh, and putting the little tokens in the machine and getting putting the papers in. Um, but my mom has been my absolute hero. She's witnessed and been a part of so many things. And, and I cannot say enough about what uh, the empowerment that she's given me as an individual Um, And so I just want to say thank you, mom, for uh, giving me the power to share, be a voice uh, in this celebration. Um, I also want to thank another important person in my life. Uh, We always, when we talk about your other half, the significant other, um, one of the most understanding and most, uh, what I would say besides my mom, I always say beautiful souls is my wife um and so i just if we're talking about superheroes my wife has been with me and been completely uh my right hand um on this show um and uh she right now she's picking up my kiddo from school so i could actually start this kick this uh show off um but she has been uh, a wonder woman not just for me but for my kiddo um and i couldn't um i couldn't be without be be without her or uh, have her by my side throughout my life, and so I want to thank you, uh, Emily. I really appreciate you and love you um, as you, mom. Uh, so uh, thank you for giving me this inspiration to be to do this show. So uh, on that, um, we have some great topics that we're going to share today. We're going to be talking um, a lot of inspirational voices um and these ladies um one of the most amazing thing that i have the uh, the the real pleasure of is talking with each and every one of them before we get on the show and to hear their voices their their inspiring uh, visions of what they want to bring to you as individuals and um i hope all of you after the show begin to follow and support, not just them, but the causes that they support and follow too, um, that they're a part of. So I'm going to bring them on all one by one and allow them to introduce themselves. We're going to start with our good friend and dear friend, Tracy. She's actually broadcasting right now from Scotland. So hello, Tracy. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm good. Thanks,
0: Corey. Yes, yes. Thank you for sharing your time at dinner time with us. I like I said, I know you're broadcasting from Scotland. Um, so thank you for uh being a part of the celebration. Uh my next guest is Erin. Aaron, Erin, Aaron, Aaron, come on in. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Glad and to be where, here. And where are you broadcasting from? Um, I'm
2: in Westminster, Colorado.
0: All right. That's awesome, and you're uh, you're actually a, um, a a representative for specialized specialized bikes. I work really? for specialized. Specialized, Correct. awesome, yes. awesome. Love specialized. Love mountain biking. I love it, and I believe I love women mountain biking. Actually, more than the men. I think they kick ass. They do such a great <laughs> job. So they do. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, here, uh, cheers to them. I'm gonna bring my next guest on, Miss Joy. Joy, hello. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, <laughs> thank you. And Joy, where are you hailing from right now? Hailing from Chicago, Illinois. All right. Well, thank you for spending the time with us, sharing your voice and your vision with us. And Joy, what are you a part of, Joy?
3: So, <laughs> a good,
0: well, you're very
3: Yes. um, Besides being a Pilates trainer, marathon, triathlon, and swim coach, I am a coach for um, the charity team to end AIDS. It's a Mm. group that is well and dear to my heart. And the goal is for, in the state of Illinois, is to get to zero new cases by 2030.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And we are going to touch more on that. Um, with Joy. So thank you so much, Joy. Next guest is going to be our lovely guest, Trini. Hello, Trini. Hi, Trini. Oh, hello. Can you see I, me? I <laughs> yeah, you. Can you see us? Are you good? You good? Yeah, you,
4: I'm great. Thank where, you. Where,
0: where are you broadcasting from, Trini?
4: I am in Boulder, Colorado.
0: All right. Another Colorado. All right. I love it. I love it. And our next guest is Miss Joy Al. How you doing, Joy Al?
5: I'm doing fine. How you doing?
0: Good. Thank you for spending your time with us today. Absolutely. And where and where are you hailing from, Joy Al?
5: I'm going from the Baltimore area in Maryland.
0: Awesome. I Love it. Love it. All right. And our last guest that we're gonna bring on is Miss Nikki. Hello, Nikki. <laughs> Oh, wait, let me see. Do you have your... Let's see. Unmute. You got, Can you hear me you now? Go. There we go.
5: <laughs> How
0: are you? Awesome. Good, good, good. Uh, and where are you broadcasting from, Nikki?
6: Uh, Bay Area, California.
0: Awesome. Californian. I love it. Local. Um, so we got a great show. Uh, I- I'm I'm really excited and scared to be <laughs> surrounded by all these... <laughs> these beautiful and powerful ladies here today. Um, So welcome, everyone. Um, And so we're going to kick things off. We're going to kick things off about the celebration. Now, everybody, uh, Tracy, Erin, Joy, Trini, Joyelle, and Nikki, thank you so much for your time. I just want to tell you again, thank you so much for sharing your time with us and sharing your time with the guest, the viewer. Um, What is this day? And we can go one by one. What is this day? Women's... if you're talking about women's history, women's history month and international women's day, what does it mean to you in your gut? So anybody can chime in. Um, we could take it away or if you want me to, uh, what, Aaron, let's start with Aaron. Aaron, what does it mean to you? Oh,
2: that's fine. Um, for me, it's really just a celebration to, um, come together and, you know, uh, either talk about or think about, you know, how far we've come and how far we have to go. You know, it's always like, we all, we all know that there's um, so much more work that needs to be done, but we also need to stop and give, you know, gratitude and, you know, spend time with other women and really celebrate them. And I think that it's important to celebrate how far we've come and it gives us time to reflect and, and think about, all the things that we've done over you know each year and and kind of plan and see and create ideas for where we're going next
0: awesome i love it. I love it. I love, <laughs> it I love it I love it i love it Um joyelle what does it mean to you what does this month mean to you um and women's history and just in general yeah. so i think about different things um i my work largely surround
5: is around adolescent young adult development, and I think about young girls and the impact of different changes, like socially, economically, and how it can kind of affect the trajectory of their life. So I think about how we have overcome different things as women, um, you know, different obstacles to different barriers to achieve where we are now, and how we can give back to the young folks so that they can, you know, have an easier time to achieve different goals to have a
0: unlimited life. Awesome, awesome. Love it, it's, it's very inspiring. Every one of you are, are inspiring me. Uh, Tracy, Tracy, I, I I I apologize. I was like, that's what my dad brain does, but Tracy, I want you, besides talking about what women's history uh, means to you in International Women's Day, just tell us a little bit about, more about what you do too, as well. Oh, sure, sure.
1: So, gosh. Um- If I were going to label myself, I would say I am a passionate animal rights activist and an activist for um, veganism and all the um, benefits that veganism brings to animals, people, and the planet, and that activism is manifesting itself in the businesses that I have started and the things I do in my spare time and, and my life, so... Uh, Maybe we can talk a little bit more specifically about that later. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of International Women's Day, I'll just add to what other people have said. Um, I think it reminds me of how important women have been in inspiring me and reminding me that um, I have a voice and I have a really strong and important voice. And especially now as I'm in my 50s and I've embarked on sort of a second and third, actually, career in my life, um, I really am, am using that voice. And so not only am I remembering how inspired I was by people that came before me, but reminding myself that I want to be a role model for people who are coming after me and making sure that young women Feel empowered to use their voices.
0: Awesome! Yes, I love it. I love it. I'm feeling inspired. Nikki, Nikki, what does it mean to you? What does International Women's Day, Women's History Month, mean to you? And I love, I love your picks. I, I love your picks with the kiddos. So, <laughs> what does it mean to you, especially with the kiddo?
6: Yeah, thank you. For sure. I think International Women's Day, it's its a great opportunity to celebrate all the differences across cultures, you know, the different um, different types of women around the world and all of our accomplishments, how far we've gone and how much more work we have to do, echoing some of uh, what the other uh, ladies have said on the panel. Um, I think that uh, for me particularly, I have a son, so its it's so critical to kind of um, expose him to to different things uh, that might be a little bit um, unconventional, like uh, reading books about women, reading books about girls. Um, growing up, I read a lot of books about like Spider-Man, Batman, um, and it was just the norm that women or young girls would read books about boys being, you know, the, the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, so just little things like that. Um, when my son is is able to Feel empowered reading a book with the main character being a girl, um, and just understanding, uh, you know, the different challenges that women go through. I think it's, it's such a critical time to to just uh, celebrate, but also acknowledge what's still left to be done. And um, and yeah, it's uh, it's great for parenting as well, and and to to look at uh, how many how many opportunities we have to you know stand stand in our power, and that we are
0: uh, a force. We are a force uh, to be reckoned with. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. And you know, just what your, your word said, cause I have a kiddo myself, he's three, um, he's almost four getting ready to turn four and really giving them and teaching them about equality, you know, from jump, you talk, you know, if you're just talking about everything, the whole layout and being an example and sharing that and having that understanding, like you said, reading about, more of the women, you know, the superheroes and things like that, but it's all female based. It really brings something. It it really brings an enlightenment to every to educate them. And I I, I love that. I love that. And I'm going to definitely do more of that. Trini, Trini, what does Women's History Month and International Women's Day
4: mean to you? Sorry. So to me, it's an opportunity to just celebrate and acknowledge all the women that have come before us and have opened so many doors for for us to be able to do what we love and to have the same rights and to have the same opportunities or, you know, we're getting there. But, you know, in the main to have to be where we are right now and to be able to celebrate that. I mean, you guys mentioned kids and I can tell you that I think leading by example was also crucial. Um, you know, I, I started this nonprofit as a result of a crash. And my little list one was nine then. And he has been an integral part of It Could Be Me and the growth of It Could Be Me. And it's just been really nice to have him just watch how some something that could have been just something horrible that could have, you know, the the consequences could have been terrible and devastating. And yet that kind of turned into this very, very positive movement. And, and yeah, and, and just seeing that, whatever you set your mind to, I think you can accomplish. And yeah. So (laughs)
0: Love love it. Yeah. I think it's important too. I think when we realize it, our kids really hold the key. To what we really want to, when we see, when we look at our kids, we really look at what we really want to be and how we want to express or show the world, you know, be an example for the world through our kids, you know, through our kids' eyes or through our kids' visions. And I think it's important. And I always think, man, I think that was one of the greatest lessons learned about being a parent um, was just having that representation or that being that example for my kiddo. Joy. Yes, (laughs) What yes, <laughs> be, uh, Joy. Thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Joy, what does Women's History, Women's History Month, and International Women's Day mean to you?
3: It's not only a celebration of what we've achieved throughout the years and how we've contributed to every aspect of life, um, society, history, science, medicine. Um, But where we can go, because it's not over yet, yes, we do have equality, but there's some doors that we still have to open, and we're seeing those doors being pushed open, shoved open, kicked open. So it is a celebration, but also a celebration of what's to come, because there is so much more that is on the horizon. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I love what you said. It's about the future. What about what the future holds? And one of the things that we actually just um, just discovered uh, or just witnessed this past probably with this past month was um, a little bit more, uh, I would say, equal equality um, to women, women in sports. Um, and one of the things we're going to highlight a couple of things today we in, in there in our talks, but one of them, one of the most resounding things was equality for women's pay in, in sports. Um, and I always think like when I'm watching a sports channel and I see a lot of the broadcasters talking and they say, Oh yeah, we, we want this for women or we want this, you know, we want to support this, but it's not everyday content that they talk about that. They talk about it when it's necessary. And I think this is the one topic that really needed to shine um, was just recently we had a big win for the U.S., the international U.S. soccer team. Um, And it was a big settlement. It was a big lawsuit um, creating equal pay for women on all fronts. And it's it's not just – international. It's all includes club and professional sports as well, um, for soccer. Uh, and this is just one note. Um, and I know Megan Romano has done such amazing work on being an advocate, um, for women's soccer, but this is something that it should be done more. You know, we need to see more of this as far as on the equality, even one of the biggest inspirations for me, Um, why I thought this, this celebration was so important was, uh, and I discussed this with all of you when I was, um, in the middle of preparing this next season, I was, it was right when the WNBA finals were happening and the, the two teams were actually just getting in the Phoenix Mercury and the Chicago sky were just getting into the the WNBA finals and I happened to go onto the Instagram page. And this is how, this is why it, everything is so important because what we, what we put on our pages, how we share our content, what we do, what we provide is very vital, how we portray everything. But there was people actually on the WNBA site actually say, oh, is there a WNBA finals or "Oh, I have things that are better to do. And for those people that actually said that, I thought you need to do something better because your voice is not necessarily necessary to what these ladies need right now. We need to be cheering and being a support system for the WNBA so they can continue to grow. And that's just one of the, the, the huge things about the WNBA. That's just one point. But even for them, they're professional basketball players and they're still taking charter flights to the games, unlike the men's if we're talking about men's basketball or the professional, the WNBA or the NBA, these guys are getting luxury jets where the WNBA don't have that. And so I think this is a really an important thing to kind of bring to light and really show, share that. Um, and so what do you all, what, what do all of you think about as far as equalizing more of that? Um, I know all of you have different backgrounds, different representations of entities that you represent, but what do you feel is very important right now, how we can build a better, if we're talking about the sports industry, whether it's the international on the Olympics to the professional, the NBA, the WNBA um, to even college collegiate. We see a lot of stuff in collegiate now issues with collegiate. Um, So what, what, can, if ladies could chime in on what you think would be something that you would like to see more of, or how we could create a better create those those leagues, make those leagues better. Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, we can't Aaron, uh Aaron. Let's go. Well, why don't we start off with Aaron? Aaron, um, Aaron is, uh, you know, you're. In, involved in cycling, mountain biking, what do you, What could you feel as far as just sports in general?
2: Um, I will start by saying I am by no means claimed to know the answer to these tough questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that the best people to ask are the people who need the help. And I think that's where we help whatever the issue is, whatever it is that women in sports need, whatever it is that their teams need. I think those are the people whose voices need to be amplified. And I think as allies, as supporters, it's our job to listen to them and help them be heard. Because I think one of the biggest um, sort of uh, issues that you hear from generally men or other people, um, in those sports is that, you know, they don't have the same following, you know, they don't Mm. have the same, um, fans and there's obviously a reason for that. It's not because nobody wants to watch them. It's that we have glorified and supported and uplifted the men's sports for so long that that's just historically where we're at. In humanity, right. and in order to change that we have to replicate it in a way that does the same thing for women so that we continue to progress them and we continue to amplify them and highlight them and they're not just you know w- when we talk about marketing in the sports industry they're not just like oh there's your signature female you know right. let's Throw a female in this video. Right. Like that's not the answer. You know, it's really, really amplifying those voices and bringing the same attention to them because like you even made a comment about women's mountain biking. It is so exciting to watch. It is. And it is. when you do go on Red Bull TV, the women's mountain biking is getting just as much attention, if not more now. And that has, yes. you know, changed over time. Um, And so it's, it's really about how to support and amplify them because it's not the, the reasons people say they're not getting the same pay or the same airtime is, is not actually accurate. We just need to do different things for them.
0: Absolutely. And I, I, Joyelle and Trini and Joy, they're all part of the cycling community as well. Um, I know we talked about with Aaron, we touched on mountain biking, but Trini you have, a. Uh, uh, triathlon background. So does Joy and Joyelle. You have some cycling, some, if you're talking about long distance rides and races and things like that. So how would, how do you feel as far as even the context of women in cycling in general? Because one of the things that I found too is I'm a big fan of, of women's sports in general. Uh, but I'm a huger fan. Of, you're talking about, I love basketball and I love soccer and I love cycling. You know, so if we're talking about those sports, I really want to see more of an emphasis on those, the sports, but even women's cycling in general, we're going to play something in just a moment, but Al Trini, Joy, if you want to chime in, what do you think you'd want to see in the cycling world, even if it's road cycling to triathlons?
5: I think Erin touched on it, looking at the historical factors, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm a newbie cyclist of Kind of took up cycling more seriously in the past two to three years. But I remember buying my first adult bike 10 years ago and I was looking at all the bikes, didn't know the difference between a road bike, hybrid, trying to figure out what I want to do. I was years. scared to fall, of course. You know, like most people, like, I don't want to fall and break a bone. But when I was right. asking about bicycles, they're like, oh, this is a woman's bike versus a men's bike. And I was like, what's the difference? It's like, well, because women used to wear dresses. And I'm like, but we're in like in 20,000-something <laughs> We still have that model of a bike that right. we're coming for women's dresses. Like how many people you see flying on a, a trail wearing a dress? You really don't. You know, so remember, <laughs> right, right, it, right. So, you know, and now I only see bikes like that. Now more they're, they're more like fitness bikes. You see where the top bar is not there, but the fact that that was still here in twenty like 2010 when I bought that bike, and right. then there's women's saddles versus men's saddles. But like there's a- and. We can go on and on about, but my first time trying to do a century, I rode a bike and I had a, a men's saddle and I didn't know any difference because, you know, it's like I have a bike, I'm riding right. it. And I had so many issues oh. with the saddle. just just was horrible that I wanted to fling the bike away when I was done. <laughs> but looking up information about women's health in cycling, right. saddle issues, hand issues, you know, there was really yeah. nothing in 2019. Like now you see a lot more research, a lot more information out there, but the focus has been traditionally on men, men in your know, yeah. you know, physiology, aerodynamics, performance enhancing, what we can do to amplify them in the sport, to get you know, the, the top medals. But for women, it was secondary. And I even found an article that said there's very little through the research about the issues of women in cycling. So when you look at it, it you know, a lot of things are, are kind of the way they are because they have been that way and people haven't really challenged them. And when they've been challenged, they've been kind of poo-pooed like, well, people only watch it. But like you said, Erin, if they amplified it or changed policies or really evaluated why that was put in place to begin with and what assumptions were made and what should be changed, right. I think you can see a different outcome. And it wouldn't right. be pushed back that a lot of the arguments made would not be as valid as you said. Right.
0: Uh I think Dreamy. we will see that.
3: Yeah. I mean, um, women's cycling. Um, I think I had that same problem when I when I first bought my first bike. I was looking for a bike, and the owner of the bike shop literally rolled out a pink bike. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I walked away. And I'm walking out. He's like, "Oh, there was a, I'm like." Just because I'm female does not mean I want a pink white. Right. Right. I'm like, you know that my gym actually has a partnership that with you. I actually work for them. All right. I have to do is write something and tell them something, and we will you know, get rid of our partnership. Um, just assuming that I didn't know anything, that you're going to give me something. Um, but it's the same thing with... Um, the NCAA women's NCAA were going into March Madness. Right. And it was kind of interesting. I believe it was two, three years ago, the men's, um, training facilities were amazing. It yes. Was they showed that
0: footage. They showed that footage,
3: but then yes. you have the women's facility. Oh, it's maybe five of by five. Oh, here's some pink dumbbells. Here's some five pounders. Here's some 10 pounders for you. Are you serious? The women work just as hard as the men. It's the same Absolutely. sport.
0: The Absolutely. only difference
3: is the gender is different.
0: Um, Absolutely.
3: Just seeing that equality and there needs to be more of, we have to push the envelope. It's like they're not going to give it to us. We have to demand it. Right. Um, I, see this in the, I see this in the fitness industry since I am in the fitness industry. But it's one of those things where, oh, well, you don't need to do this because you're a female. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right. But it's yeah. about challenging those misconceptions. I mean, I live in yes. Chicago. The, when the sky won the WNBA championship, right. here's the interesting part I could not find a Chicago sky jersey in the stores. I had to go online and there was a minimal amount. I had male clients who wanted to buy Chicago sky jerseys, couldn't find any in the stores. But if the Chicago bulls wins a championship <laughs> or exactly. right. the, the bears or the fire, you're going right. to find it right away.
0: Absolutely. So it's
3: about changing the narrative and just rethinking things. Even if we look at the three major media markets, Chicago, right. New York, and LA, if you get them on board, everyone else will follow suit. But we have Absolutely. to change that adage of, oh, it's a women's sport. No one's interested in it. Are
4: Absolutely. you serious?
0: I'm very Absolutely. interested in it. I
4: think Absolutely. You know, I think adding to what Joy's saying, I think we've made... Leaps. I mean, honestly, I've watched the whole entire um, like playground, if you want to put it like that, grow in like exponentially in the last couple of years. Even with COVID, I mean, we have races that have you know had been on the spotlight, like the Tour of Colorado. They're all women, right? And they're huge events, and they're recognizing this need like what you're mentioning Joy and I mean, it's very very exciting to see and you know even this new addition to the Tour de France are you guys familiar with what's happening right now? I mean yes. it's very in a very exciting time in many many aspects and especially for us as women.
0: Absolutely. And you know and if we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna show a clip from the, the women's Tour de France. Um, but one of the, the things that, you know, I'm going to have Tracy and Nikki chime in too on is on their view, being on the outside. I know you are on different sides of the spectrum as far as entities, but one of the most important things that I think is, um, with what Joy and Joyelle and Trini and Aaron said about women's sports is how we express that content, what we show, um, joy when you said you couldn't find the chicago sky jersey in the stores how many people know that at one point we had the greatest professional women's triathlete in the united states win back-to-back championships with gwen jorgensen and not everybody knows about gwen jorgensen and now she's she's doing marathons now but she was a huge advocate for a sport for the sport of triathlons. And I actually was, if you're talking about triathlon, when I was in the midst of my triathlon racing, I watched women's ITU sports more than the men. And I, you know, if you're talking about the different women's uh, representatives from Paula Finley from Canada to Gwen Jorgensen in the United States, they were representing the sport much better than the men. And The one thing that's hard for me to take is we have, I'm not going to say this, we have people like Aaron Rodgers that lies, fakes his way about COVID and does all this other stuff, but we broadcast it like we need to know about what Aaron Rodgers does. We have things like Kyrie Irving that's going on in, in Brooklyn, but we don't hear about what the Chicago Sky has done or what Candace Parker has done for Chicago Sky in the sport of women's basketball and the WNBA. And what, you know, if you're talking about Sue Bird from the WNBA and how many Olympic gold medals she's won, she's won five Olympic gold medals in a row. And we don't know about this a lot. So mm-hmm. this is our responsibility as if we're broadcasting it from, it's been talking about Fox ESPN, whatever broadcasting that you're broadcasting from, you need to provide that content. That content is so important because what we portray, we need to show that. We need to show that for everybody. It's got to be on equal terms. And one of the things that I'm going to show right now is I'm letting the UCI know this is not for any benefit use. I'm not getting paid to it. To, to use this, I am showing this as a prime example of what needs to be broadcast because <laughs> just this past October, we had the first ever women's Paris-Roubaix, which was historical, which is one of the hardest one-day races in cycling, and the women did it and, and did an outstanding job, but we didn't hear too much about it, and now we're going to have the first ever women's Tour de France that is going to be broadcasting in June, And I'm gonna show a clip because I think it's vital to show uh, everybody that's watching um, and everybody that needs to know this, it's important because this event is going to be huge and I'm gonna be watching this. My eyes are gonna be on this uh, to watch this coming June or July. Here we go. In
7: 2022, we are going to pave the road. Talented riders will come We shall inspire generations of women We shall tackle the most challenging route Defy the most iconic climbs We are going to own the roads and share our passion in a new way The world will see what we see. Feel what we feel. We shall earn our stripes. And make history. Together, let's create the greatest women's cycling event in the world. So
0: again, UCI that was just clearly for promotional use, I got that uh, because I was able to grab that clip, and this is this is again, this is something that we don't know about, and this is historical, and this should be something that's noted now, from Tracy and Nikki on your point of view, from seeing something that is on a monumental a historical monumental type, if you're talking about elevation for women and just women in sports how did that make you feel as far as even seeing those clips of women climbing those mountains they're going to be doing the one thing that is is different is they're doing smaller uh, they're doing less stages than the men but they're still doing an equal representation of what the tour is so what is that what what did you feel as far as being on the outside if we could start with Tracy or Nikki I mean,
6: for me, it just really um, embodies like uh, the fact that we're we're doing the work, we're doing the work, and there's there's progress being made, and we're just taking it uh, day by day. Um, for me, I've been in the corporate world for about ten years now, and there's still so many uh, changes that need to be made. Um, but it's uh, just a reminder that you know when we put in the work collectively, um, that and, and change these narratives that that we can make progress. Um, and then my my company the um, what my IG handle is on here, it's just advocating for um, women and um, that kind of decolonizing parents and how mothers um, can deviate from kind of like this cultural harsh parenting that uh, we're traditionally used to. Um, so it's just about all taking all those steps to to keep moving forward and and breaking barriers and making
0: changes. Absolutely. How about you, Tracy? What did that make you feel by watching that footage?
1: Well, I, I think it's really, really exciting. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of the tour. I love the, the, the big bike races, especially yeah. living here in Europe. You know, it's a big deal. Yeah. So if yeah. I lived in Italy, um, actually got to go to the, the um, Giro d'Italia yes. when I was living in Italy, which was awesome. awesome. Um, but my, I guess my thought when you when you shared that clip was, I wonder if I would even know about that if I weren't participating in this because I just wonder if the promotion will be sufficient. Maybe it will, and I really hope it will be. But but I think you know it, it's not the quality of the events; it's the marketing dollars that are put behind it. Right. It's the sponsor dollars. It's all those things, and and it's the disparity is still immense. I think right. it's, it's immense in in a lot of sports. Um, So I guess as an outsider looking in, I would say, you know, I will watch it now, now that I know it's coming up. I'm very excited to see that. And, um, I will just also add that I haven't been on a bike for a couple of years because I had a, I fell in the middle of COVID and had a dislocated fracture of my kneecap, which was really, really horrible. Um, so one of the things my physical therapist said was get on a bike. So yay! Yes. <laughs> I may be telling you
0: in the next call. telling you about my cycling. So. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, and and I think that was one of the biggest things for me. Uh, you know, watching that that inspired me, just as an individual athlete, to go out and ride my bike, even if it's raining outside. That just inspired me, and it gives me hope to see what. The actual UCI, the, the league of cycling is actually doing. And we need to keep on pushing that. We need to be, we need to amplify our voices, keep on amplifying our voices for the UCI and let them know hey, it needs to get bigger. It needs to be equalized just as much as the men can do, the women can do it. And I've, you know, I've seen it. We've witnessed it. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's time now. And you know, one thing that's really special about triathletes and triathlon. Um, And I don't know if Trini, you know this, but triathlon has always been an equalized sport as far as the men and women distance. They never changed the distance. If you're doing an Ironman, you're doing an iron, everybody does the same Ironman never was changed. It never was different mile or short if shortened as far as the swim or the bike or the run. It was always the same miles as far as doing the Ironman. That was the whole purpose when they developed the Ironman and triathlon was, Hey, let's see if you could do this. You could do a two mile swim, you know, a full uh, hundred mile, hundred and something mile bike ride and a, and a full marathon. And now you have this as far as equalization. And that's what one thing that we need to keep on doing is, Hey, triathlon has showed that we've seen that many sports. Let's bring it. Let's bring it now. Now it's time to bring it. Um, and I cannot say enough about that, and so I'm glad that I was to share that with you, and I'm glad that you said that because, uh, 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 Tracy, when you said, "I don't know if I would have saw that promotion if I wasn't on here," and the scariest thing about that that I will leave, and we can move on to the next subject is, I, they release the route for the Tour de France every October, somewhere October, September, October. And I didn't know about the women's tour until it was actually when they talked about the, the release of the route in September. And so you're thinking, and I still haven't seen a lot of press for the women's tour. So this is something, again, what we need to do as far as corporate America, whoever's doing this, all the businesses that are involved need to get off their high knee and start promoting this and really push it because it's important if we really want to make this done right. Uh, So um, I'm glad that was, that was exciting. I love that. Um, And so now let's talk about what you would like to see as far as the world. We're talking about women's history, International Women's Day, you know, as far as all of you and your entities, I know Tracy really works on the vegan industry. Nikki works with parenting. We have, You know Joyelle with her nursing and Joy with her cycling and Trini with her own organizations and Erin with Project Bike Love, even Project Bike Love. And I want to go into all of those with everybody. But what is important for you right now as far as growth for women, more entities, more support? How can we do better? If we want to start, who wants to who wants to start? If we want to start with Trini. or, or who? Or who? Well, Tracy, I think Tracy, go more. Ahead. Or, or Joe. Okay, go ahead, <laughs> Joe. Sorry. <laughs> I think
3: more of having everyone on a level playing field. I work in the fitness industry, and one of the one of the good things about the fitness industry, everyone's paid the same. Like I'm a trainer, so we are paid the same regardless of if we're male or female. Same thing in some sales industries, but there needs to be more of i would like to see more mentorship more acknowledging that yes we do know our we know our stuff don't just assume that because i'm female i don't know things or i'm not knowledgeable in something at give us the mentorship give us that opportunity to knock on the doors too just give us a seat. Instead of you don't want to give us a seat at the table, we're just going to put our own chair up.
0: Right. Right. I, 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 I really, I, I totally believe that. You know, if we're talking about equality and everything that's needed for women to have equal part, it, they need to have have that at the table. And I'm trying to, one of the things I'm trying to do right now is trying to fix your screen, Joy. I think you went to mute, there we go, there we go. Um, but yeah, I think that is that is very important. Um, Tracy, what do you feel?
1: Um, I guess one of the things that I have, um, I've spent a lot of time doing is I've um, been working in the, the vegan activism world and also as someone who's an entrepreneur, um, I look at the statistics and where funding is going, and this is true in, in business and in startups in venture capital, um, in the entertainment industry, um, who gets their projects funded. Um, it is still dramatically disproportionately flowing to men. And so I would like to see women at the table. I would like to see women Getting more consideration. I would like, uh, I guess, as as um as Joy said, an equal uh, playing field when it comes to breaking and into the fields. Um, sorry, I was hearing an echo. I think of myself. Um, <laughs> and and you know it's funny because even in I would say even in the nonprofit world, it's changing. But if you looked at I, I used to work as a fundraiser um, before I started my current projects, um, there were lots and lots of women in the field, but not lots of women at the top. And they were not setting the trends and they were not setting the tone for the organization. And that actually yielded a lot of problems in the organizations, you know, where I worked. So those are just a couple of areas where I would like to see changed, you know, people getting consideration for, for funding, for starting new businesses, for having a, a voice and a, and a seat at the table, like Joy said. And, and also I would like to see more women, not just getting jobs in organizations, but sitting at the top of organizations and having the opportunity to, to lead because I think women are great leaders.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and one of the subjects that I'm going to talk to you about, well, I want to bring you on, Tracy, too, because I know you were talk about it, is women that are older, too. A lot of times, representation of older women don't get represented. And so we need to, to touch on that. But um, let's go with Joyelle. Joyelle, what do you, what, what do you feel?
5: So for me, it's like kind of twofold, right? So one part is the healthcare side with nursing. The other side is cycling. So. You know, my background is a nursing, worked in a unit, so I saw a lot of different things. And then when I started cycling, um, to back up a little bit, I used to run. So I was kind of an always in fitness growing up, um, all through high school and a little bit into college. And so when I was surprised to see how little information there was specific to women when it came to cycling and cycling issues. Again, it's starting to shift now, but in my opinion, not fast enough, because with the pandemic, a lot of people took up cycling. You know, many of us a little older, you know, thought that we can take up cycling that we did when we were kids and realize that our bodies don't quite function the same way. So we need with the, and you know, you go to the GYN or your primary care doctor, the physical therapist, they need to understand women's specific issues when it comes to the saddles. Anatomy is not the same as men. And then what you see, you still find a lot is kind of mansplaining. Men explain to women why they have saddle pain and what they should do about it. And a lot of, a lot of top, um, advice is just ride through it, which is just not the same because there's a lot of um, long-term implications that can happen, you know, especially in that area, very simple, a lot of nerve endings. So I think there should be a a lot more focus on the issues of women on the saddle. You know, you have a lot of professional, um, you know, and even semi-professional or amateur, you know, just fitness for a road cycling, mountain bike, Mm -hmm. you know, adventure cycling, all different types of cycling and fitness, triathlon. So there has to be a focus there so that people can enjoy the sport safely, you know and then right. if you're not you're in your harm you know then you kind of get out the sport if if again just like with anything else the wnba versus the um the nba if there's more dollars research and um, information towards one part of the you know one see gender in terms of cycling and fitness then the other spot part is kind of left out and you know being disenfranchised more likely to be injured and less likely to continue the sport right the other side of it is just representation in general know, as a black woman, I am excited when I see a black professional cyclist, you know, there's um, Legion out in California where they started their own team, you know, predominantly, you know, people of color and women, and they're fighting for equal pay in the cycling industry as well. And to see that, and, you know, I've never watched hours of YouTube of one person riding on the road, but I did it because I saw someone that looked like me. And then with the pandemic, you know, just to see that many cyclists that look like me, you know, the Baltimore cyclists, Baltimore um, Baltimore cycling, uh, Bike More, Be More, they had a lot of groups. And it was like, at one point, hundreds of cyclists out there that looked just like me on various forms of bikes, some from childhood, you know, some they just bought brand new, on the road riding, and it felt good to be seen. So that representation matters. So just like, you know, you want to see them in the industry on the top levels, making decision-making, because we all have different backgrounds, right? So we all have something different to bring to the table and how we see things and how to problem solve or how to bring new innovations up there. But if you're not at the table, then you can't really accommodate for the different people on the lower levels, kind of like on the, on the other end of the product. So I think right. representation across the board.
0: Right. Now, I think that's very important. And also, uh, when, you have, when you're have when you talking about, uh, if you're talking about cycling and like women's saddles and things like that, have women actually produced these, not men have women actually produce the products. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's a joke when you hear, Oh yeah, I'm going to, these guys are producing this women's bike, but it's, it's gear for, well, why don't you have a woman work, you know, do work on the project. Why don't you have the, the women be ahead of the projects that you're talking about as far as women related projects. This doesn't make sense. Um, Aaron, one of the other thing, one of the things that I wanted to touch on with you, especially um, what you do with Project Bike Love, I think it's such a huge thing how you donate bikes to women in Uruguay, and and this is something else that we, we're we're going to go into. But um, tell us what what you would like to see, and even through Project Bike Love. <laughs>
2: I think that's a big question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, and um, with Project Bike Love, you know, we, we use bikes as a means of connection, right? Like mm-hmm. we are a bunch of women who um, are all avid cyclists and what we were, what our intention was, was to create global connection. And what's always really important to me is that we look at, you know, women's issues globally and not just here. Um, We are way far ahead of many countries um, and many communities, even within um, the United States. Like we work with the Navajo Indian Reservation. Um, We work with, uh, you know, many different communities in paraguay we just did a delivery in oaxaca and anytime you're somewhere you really you see and understand um women's issues from a different light and it makes me very grateful for how much work and how much time we put into the issues here and then it also makes me realize that some people are way far behind us and one of the reasons that we chose bikes is because we wanted to give women um, safe and reliable independent transportation right in a lot of these communities the women do not get anything the met you know every every house may get one of of whatever it is a motorcycle a car this or that and it's never given to the women and so by giving them bicycles it's it's not just about the bike it's about giving them the empowerment, um, giving them the freedom that they deserve. And I think, um, you know, being an all women's organization where we're run by a board of women, um, it's, it's really empowering for them to see women traveling around the world and doing these things. And it makes a big difference. And I think even in our, um, sport, like many of you have mentioned before me is that, you know, having women in these roles, mm-hmm. not, not having men drive the women's movements within companies and, and whatnot. So it's, you know, putting women in leadership roles, um, not just as a supporting character, you know, but right. really right. Um, allowing their voices to be heard and for them to make choices. And I think, with anything, it is, it's a process. It's not gonna change overnight, but the more that we can do it on an individual level, the more we can bring it to our companies, to our organizations, um, the more changes we will see. And sometimes it, you know, you move two steps forward and three steps back and that's just with anything. And so, you know, it's really, to me, it's just about keeping going you know, and continuing to find areas where we can support women and help women. And, you know, even, you know, even in bike shops, going back to like what, what you were saying about the saddles and stuff, it's like, well, one, it's really awkward for men to talk to women about saddle issues. And it's Mm -hmm. like, so how do we get women in those roles so we have more help, more people, um, more equal, I get like more equal leadership. So we can support the growth of women's sports or women in any industry.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's be- bef- before we get to Trini, I wanna have, have Trini come on. But one of the things that I just gotta say, just what you, uh, you Aaron and Joy touched on, and Joyelle touched on uh, as far as having women in those roles. I worked for a big bike company and I worked for a small mom, mom and pop shop as a wrencher and a rep. And one of the things is, is that you have this big representation of male bikes and then you have the small little representation, or if it's anything, any representation of female attire or female uh, uh, like apparel or uh, you know the, the physical bikes themselves. But I think that's what needs to be on mind when these companies are growing. You got to have, if you're on top, you got to have both on both ends. So you could have better equal representation on both ends, but it's still not happening. Um, Trini, what do you feel as far as what you would like to see?
4: Well, you know, I I've been taking notes. Um, so I I'm in a in a in this in the advocacy space. Um mm-hmm. I found it, it could be me after being involved in a crash and it was horrible. And um I have found that so many women, like as part of it, it could be me, I think more than sixty percent of our um of our audience is women and mm-hmm as far as what we've been able to accomplish, we've joined coalitions. And I can tell you that the leadership roles in these coalitions are all women. I mean, for we had a huge win earlier this year and it was as a result of four organizations, all led by women. And, you know, I think it speaks volumes. I mean, I'm also part of the core sports team, which is a team that dedicates Um, to bring more women into the sport I mean our mission is to be that person that will give you that that confidence and that friendship when perhaps you don't feel you know that you're prepared or whatever I mean you are those people that will lift you up and Mm -hmm. I've been an ambassador for them for about six years and I've just seen the sport grow and grow and grow they just um, implemented the Power Up program, which is like a grant. Um, they, they allocated these funds and they fundraised to to bring more opportunity for women of color and just for women in general. I mean, it's been, I don't know, I've been in the sport for about 10 years. And yeah, I mean, I had the experience of going into a bike shop and just the mechanic would not even look me in the eye because I was a woman. And I was sitting there just literally asking him for, you know, I don't know, like a tune up or something. And the rest of the employees apologized on his behalf because he just was of this mindset, I suppose, that, you know, women don't belong on bikes. I have no idea. But I can tell you honestly that that is the minority now i have seen women like rise and just literally like someone mentioned earlier i think it was joy like truly like knocking doors down and and bringing on opportunity for so many and that's why i think today is so important it's just kind of acknowledging all of those women that had to go through so much in order for us to be here and moving forward I always like to focus on the positive. I mean, I know that that this conversation could go out for hours and hours and hours on, on how we could better the situation, but at the same time, there's a lot of wins, and and we have to celebrate those too in order to feel that we have the energy to move forward. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes, especially in the space that I that I'm in, in the you know road safety advocacy, I mean, it's really really hard to have tangible wins, so. You know, it's sometimes, you know, hard to encourage people. But at the same time, if we focus on the ones that we do have, like maybe getting a stop sign in an intersection that, you know, is very, very dangerous and you as a result will be saving lives. I mean, that's a huge win for your community, right? right? So just choosing on focusing on the positive and just moving forward from there. And I think that's incredibly powerful.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I love that, and I think it's too. I love what you said about about the wins. One of the things I think for me being a male is uh, we need more wins, more wins. We talk about the wins that we do have, the women's that the the wins that you do have. I think there needs to be more, and we need to keep on advocating for. It. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to do as far as being a, a voice, an amplified voice. Nikki, um, as far as on your end, even with the parent, the coaching, everything that you do, what would you like to see more of?
6: Yeah, sure. I mean, there are two sides, right? I have the corporate world and then my work on social media. Right. Um, I, I definitely want to see increased resources, support, um, flexibility options for, for women, for mothers um, in the in the workplace, in the corporate world. I was um, maybe the third person to get pregnant in my um, in my division but I was the first person to stay. The other two didn't feel like they could, you know, uh, go back to work. Um, and so it just speaks to a lot of uh, lack of resources um, that can help support mothers, like well-being, their mental health, uh, childcare, care, uh, things like that. A lot of things that, um, that that are lacking in the corporate world that are keeping women outside of leadership roles. And in terms of like my social media presence, a lot of my work has to do with my sharing my own journey, how I kind of Overcame a lot of um, a lot of stresses and the struggles in parenting that limited my my own um, power. So the the whole idea is how to live powerfully, how to parent powerfully, and how to dismantle these these ideas of um, these traditional ideas about harsh parenting, but also you know mothers doing it all like a, a super mom is just a mom who's a uh, strong who doesn't who does everything, but also a mom who asks for help can also be a strong mom. And so just dismantling these ideas and um, these self-limiting beliefs that kind of keep us um, in these struggles and the power struggles with our children and um, so that I'm, I'm just it's like I'm just providing like one small resource with my social media work about how to live uh, you know a peaceful existence with ease, how to bring ease into the home, how to bring ease into parenting, eliminate power struggles, um, just getting creative, and I think that we just need we need more of this to help continue to um, support women's mental health and and mothers' uh, well being because currently I think that when um, there are all these uh, frustrations and, and and a lot of strong feelings emotional uh, holds like guilt when it comes to parenting it can be very detrimental to a mother's. Um, uh, health and well-being, and that affects her children. So, learning the you know the roots of, of of how parenting started and how it became colonized, and how harsh parenting kind of took over, and and what that really means in terms of our mental health, and how that affects how the household is run and how our children feel, it just it just speaks volumes to that. So, just dismantling that one by one, and continuing to provide resources, um, and support that there are are other uh, possibilities in, in parenting. And um, kind of getting to the root of those uh, of the trauma we face, self-limiting beliefs that that kind of limit our our power to be able to tap into all that we are as people, as women, and as parents.
0: Awesome, yeah. You know, and I, I, I. There's a a re. uh, Mm -hmm. uh, There was a uh, a refocus on um, resources. I think women in general need to have more resources available to them. Uh, in on all spectrums, if you're talking on on all different entities, on all different places, um, I I definitely think one of the things that I continuously hear on the underscore is resources. We need these resources, we need this information, we need this content, we need all of this provided so we could have accurate, so we could be on the same level. It seems like everything is kind of limited. We wanna keep things here. We don't want to keep things there. We want to keep things here at the safe spectrum. Um, so again, you know, uh, it's the resources and what we provide. Uh, and uh, I always say I have, I feel fully responsible for the content that I provide because I want to make sure that the content I provide is equal. If I'm doing something for one entity, it's got to be equal for the other entity. I'm not going to just over, overbound and go, okay, I got to just do, do this or do that. It's going to be all it I try to do my best to try to even it out because I have that responsibility. I have that opportunity to provide the content the best way possible. Um, so um, yeah, we ne- we need to do a little bit more work, but we need to to also celebrate again, uh, as Trini was saying, celebrate the wins that we have. And one of the, the big things that... I could all say that with all of you that I get a chance and opportunity to talk with you is we got through this pandemic, we're getting through this pandemic. And um, for most of you, I know everybody has their outlets. For me, it was for my family and I, we joined virtual races, um, virtual themed races. We did everything from Harry Potter to the Outback and we did calculated a miles. So we'd either hike or walk or bike or run and that was our way to really get outside and move as a family unit together, and um, it was really cool. But all of you, what did you do to get through the pandemic? What was your little push to get you through? I know we're talking about celebrating women's history, but also, how did we get through and, and, and salvage uh, our lives through this, these last two and a half years, three years? Um, anybody wanna chime in? Let's start with- I think uh, for
3: <laughs> me, um, <laughs> I'm, in fit- I'm in the fitness industry. So yeah. um, you tell us that everything's shutting down. Oh crap, what do we do? Um, I brought my bike home, put it on the trainer. I was still doing my rides. I was running outside where I could run because we couldn't run on our lakefront, doing Pilates, teaching Pilates remotely um, via Zoom, still connecting with my athletes, doing warm ups, doing strength training. That is what kept me sane.
0: <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. You know, that's how most people got their, uh, their, their IG page started, was through the pandemic. They started doing things, and that's basically how I started my whole podcast too. So, um, Tracy, how about you? What did you, what was your way to get out and get through this pandemic?
1: Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> so I, well, I was living in Italy when it first struck. So I lived through being in the epicenter in Italy mm-hmm. and then I, I moved yeah. in the middle of the pandemic. So that was, um, somewhat of a distraction. I moved countries, um, I broke my knee, so that mm-hmm. gave me something to focus on rehabbing my knee. Um, I started a nonprofit. I started writing a book, and I have also refocused my, um, along with my business partner, our production company, um, on a new project that that we're going to be launching this year. So, you know what? I just assumed I was going to come out the other end of it, and I just kept <laughs> pushing forward and pushing forward and. I think because everything, everything I do, like the other women here, it sounds like every, we all are sort of mission-driven. We have things that are really important to us, and I wasn't going to give up. You know, it was too important. Right. The animals are too important. The world, the environment, everything is too right. important. So um, I just kept going, and and for me, interestingly, it has yielded so many new projects and so much excitement in my life. So yeah, I'm very excited about it.
0: I love that. And it seems like, again, everybody got inspired to create something and to pay it forward, to do something, to pay it forward. That is important. Um, I always think, I, after I watch that movie, I always use that term, pay it forward. It's time to pay it mm-hmm. forward. Um, because it is, we have opportunities. We have so many great opportunities, especially what we got through, and it's it's bigger than we really think. But we got through it, um, so it's huge. Um, Nikki, what? How how did you get through? How did you get through it?
6: I um, mean, it was definitely a big change with the remote schooling and the schools shut down. Um, so you know, I I really had to, um, I had to be very structured and organized with and strategic with how I approached our daily routine especially with a full-time job and a kiddo with, um, you know, a lot of energy. So yeah. I, de- I definitely made a point to prioritize um, my mental health, his mental health, um, not missing a beat with therapy, um, incorporating different practices, um, like mindfulness, meditation, things like that. And uh, just trying to lean into um, not only my needs, but my my child's needs. Um, doing things like um, attaching like a climbing ladder to a doorway to give them an outlet to, to burn energy yeah. um, between all of these you know, long hours of sitting down looking at a computer yeah. <laughs> and understanding that it's not just a big change for for me, but for my child as well. And the only way we're going to survive this is if we, you know, get get creative and kind of um, adapt to this this new normal to ensure that our needs are, are still being met
0: and, and not neglected. Absolutely, especially for the kiddos. Uh, you know, I, I have a three-year-old myself and I, to the right of me, there's actually an indoor trampoline that we got him because so just like you were saying with your kiddo, how he had, has lots of energy, same thing. You know, it's like, man, what am I going to do? So we got on this indoor trampoline right. and he can jump as much as he wants and, you know, and just have fun and let out that energy. And that was great. I love that creativeness of just even putting a, a, a little ladder at the doorway you know, being creative, how we explore that. We really got tested. I, I always say, yeah, we got too comfortable at one point. We thought, okay, we are just going on our, old, our merry old lives. And this was like a test. How, what we're made of, what our individual life was made of and what we could do and how we could be victorious with this. And it's, it's amazing. So um, Joelle, what about you?
5: So for me, cycling was it, you know, when the pandemic hit, uh, my, um, now husband, you know, we got married in the pandemic, but we worked in the same little office in the basement, which is about like 10 by 8. So imagine for two years, still, we have worked in the same office together. And so we needed an outlet. He was very extroverted. I was like, I'm staying home. I don't have to see anyone. I'm totally fine. But really, it's not healthy to stay home and isolate like that. You need to kind of interact with people. You need to socialize. You need to have an outlet because no matter what stage of life or what you did into your occupation or whatever, the pandemic touched every single body in the world. So cycling was kind of the outlet. We started off with walking and then it was like we have these bikes. And of course, we died the first you know few months of riding, like seven miles an hour, just walking a bike up any kind of incline, um, to joining all these cool bike groups in the area. Some that started during the pandemic, some haven't established that we didn't even know existed. So and now we're like riding with any a number of like seven to eight bike groups in the you know, Maryland DMV, um Maryland, Virginia, DC area. And the bike community has been kind of like another family for me. So, and for him yeah. too. So we found like another network of people to kind of interact with. So I did things I never thought I would do. I would say people are crazy, like bike to another state, <laughs> you know, like you know, <laughs> trying try to hit another century is like, what, right. to, what, you know, and then even like taking my bike down to Atlanta to like this huge one love um festival bike festival, which was like I drove across this the country with two bikes on the back of a car to ride. That's something I never thought I would have done. But do the community and the support, you know, of you know, kind of just finding a new outlet and a new no love. I love running was my first love. Cycling became my second and kind of like a close set on um, first. But even with the cycling community, like you know, he got into a really bad accident last year and the cycling community like really came through with support. And Absolutely. so it was us being again confined at home while he's rehabbing i was like i have a ride at seven o'clock in the morning seven, <laughs> an hour and a half away and you are waking up for it <laughs> you know, everything get in the back seat and he grumbled, but he came down and supported me so like just that helped him and also helped me with mental um you know mental health and just the support but one of the things you know, i did was have a bike coach i you don't know a good friend of mine um uh, and one thing she said after his accident, because the same week of his accident, he I was supposed to do my first endurance ride for the year, which was a metric, so 60, mm-hmm. like, 65 miles, and I've been training for it at that point in time, you know, really building up my endurance and everything, and then he had an accident, and I was like, I canceled the Airbnb, you know, it was in the Eastern Shore, so like I'm about three hours away, and she said to me, I know it sounds strange, but as a woman, you need to do this for yourself. Yeah. You need to continue on and do that endurance ride. Because as women, we tend to sacrifice ourselves, be the caregiver. And I know he's injured, I know he needs you, but you need to do this for yourself because you owe it to yourself. And I was like, this sounds crazy. And I talked it over with him, you know, after anesthesia, after his surgery. Um, and he was like, but she's right though, because yeah. you, you have trained for this. And psychic hasn't been easy for me because of all the issues with saddle fit and the right bike and all the different issues of like affecting fitness. And you no, know, we we went, and so like those kind of things challenge myself of what it means to be a woman, what it means to provide support, what it means to be a good partner, what it means to prioritize myself, self care, and sometimes we think to do doing certain things would be selfish, but it's really not selfish. It's about prioritizing your needs to make sure that you're okay, because if you're not okay you know, no one else is okay. You can't really right. be there for someone else. So cycling really challenged me in a lot of ways. Well, it got me out, it got me a new support system or, or say a larger support system, but also challenged my ideas of what it means meant to be me at this stage in my life.
0: Yeah, cycling is and the cycling community is huge. When something happens, they support you. Uh and even when my wife and I moved uh uh to another state, uh, we moved from California, and um, to have them still ha- be around. And my, one of my things was my wife got me Swift during the pandemic. So I got to connect with a lot of them and join them on Swift rides. Uh, so it, it's great, you still have that connection. Um, who did I miss, Joy or Aaron, Aaron Joy? That I my, my dad brain went into full effect. It, who wants to take the lead? Go ahead, uh, Joy?
3: You got us. Um, so okay. you got me already. But okay, um, okay, yeah. All
0: right, we'll go to Aaron. We'll go to Aaron. All right. I guess sorry. The original question is about
2: during the pandemic right yeah
0: how did you get through the <laughs> pandemic yes i was listening
2: and then i lost track of the original <laughs> question sorry about that
0: yeah, no um worries.
2: you know to i could go on about the pandemic it was mm-hmm. there was like the waves of mm-hmm. different you know portions of it like the beginning when it was really scary and then i was furloughed for my job and then i started a brand new job and then i moved for that job and then we never went to the office. And then I moved back and like there was a lot of um, things like even the things that I I found joy in, like mountain biking and being outside. It was questionable whether you were supposed to be doing that because you were putting search and rescue at risk mm-hmm. and such. Mm-hmm. And and so then I was always I was even anxious about things that I needed. Um, and the first few months took me a really long time to to figure out that I had to have a little bit of, you know, effort and selfishness and like, take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely feel deeply when it comes to sort of like, uh, I would say like group grief, right? Like um, what we were all dealing with. And I mean, I remember crying when I go to the grocery store and I'd see elderly people who were confused and couldn't find toilet paper. And I just, I mean, I was I really fell apart in the beginning. Um, And then uh, another part of that is that, you know, with Project Bike Love, everything we do is hands-on. I mean, that has been from the beginning. We want to Mm -hmm. hug our beneficiaries. We want to be there. And that had become such an integral part of my life. Like it was like my grounding. It was like what I looked forward to working towards every year. And we weren't able to really interact with beneficiaries. And so, um, it was, I had a lot of really supportive, um, and amazing people in my life that, um, I got to connect with and that kept me sane. And, um, uh, I dealt with a lot personally, but at the end of the day, I remember being like, God, if this, this is only me, you know, I don't have children or, um, a husband. So this is just, me you know that i'm having to deal with and it's this hard so i can't imagine how hard it it is for for everybody and and it was hard to see the the differences and the people who were thriving and the companies who were making so much money and then the people who were suffering it was it was uh it's been a very interesting um two years but i would say that i think overall i have found does an like oddly not that I'd ever expect this to be the outcome but I think I found um a balance in my life that I don't know I had before because I think we were all in some ways forced to really see what's important to us and um kind of who we are in the world and um so you know it's just <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. I mean I think I think coming out of it you know even, The other day, I was like, it was so weird to not have a mask on. Um, (laughs) You know, to me, all I can say is it's weird. Everything's weird now. (laughs) And, you know, now we're going into other humanitarian crises that, like, we have no control over. And I think, you know, someone like me and I think probably similarly to a lot of the women on this call and a lot of the people who do humanitarian work or volunteer work, it's that we care so deeply about others and we've gotten to a place where it seems so overwhelming. And, and there were even times with Project Bike Club where I, I questioned if what I was doing really was anything important. It almost felt like, and this is, I mean, this is just a, a very honest confession, but sometimes it felt trivial or like, I wasn't really doing something that mattered, you know, because of Mm -hmm. all the bigger problems. And, and I don't think that now today, I, you know, and, and I was able to, to see and do a delivery recently. And I, I remember like how important this work is in, in the small areas that we do it and how just doing anything at all makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be solving world hunger. You know, it doesn't have to be fixing the war in Ukraine or the problems with Russia or the issues with our government, you know, or the stuff happening in Florida and Texas. And, you know, it can be small little things in our community. And I, I think during the pandemic, I was brought back to that and remembered how important these small things we can do as individuals make a huge difference. Um, and and so it's it's helped me refocus
0: I I love everything that you said, because it just reminds me of, in the midst, we we moved from California to Oregon um, right at the end of 2019. And all our families are back in California. So to be isolated from them, and not to see Mm -hmm. them, we were going to go back uh, my wife and I were both ex-Disney cast members. And so we were going to go back to Disney for my son's birthday. And we couldn't go back. We couldn't even see our family. And it wasn't until mm-hmm. more recently where I got to actually go and see my mom. Um, and we just did a turnaround really quick for a weekend on my birthday. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing what we did to get through it. What, what pushed us, what inspired us to get through it. Um, and that's what is one of the best things about sharing your voices, your visions, and your, your, uh, your strength. All of you represent strength. Um, and that is one of the things that came across throughout everything that we talked about today. Even Tracy's dog right there. I see the ears coming out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a dog, but yeah, it, it just showed a lot of strength, and and this is one of the reasons why we need to to acknowledge and celebrate and do this every day, not just one day of the year, but every day of the year, um, because what you ladies represent, what you have shared with us, what you shared with me, it just inspires me even more to do more, to be a better person. Um, And to do more in what I do. Um, And so I want to thank you again for your time. And I know our time is gearing down and I can't believe it's already time flew. Um, But again, like I said, I really appreciate all of your time. And I want to ask you one last question, a fun question. Now, what is your favorite guilty pleasure? Uh, and we'll all go down the line. We'll start with Nikki. Nikki, what is your guilty pleasure?
6: Oh man, um, <laughs> I would say when I get a when I get a chance to sit down and just watch uh, like reality TV, something trashy where I don't have to use any brain cells at all. <laughs> <laughs> After a full day of like go 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 hustle hustle hustle, it's like just great to go into that brainless like zombie mode. <laughs> Tune out.
0: I love it. I love it. Uh, Joyelle, what about you? What is your guilty pleasure?
5: I mean, there's a lot of them, but the top two is <laughs> chocolate and zombie shows. Anything with zombie movies, series, I watch them all.
0: Nice. I like it. I like it. I dig it. Uh, chocolate and zombie movies. You dig it. Uh, Joy, what about you? What is your guilty pleasure? <laughs> um... <laughs>
3: Besides um, Ben and Jerry's Chunky Monkey ice cream, <laughs> um, I am a big Marvel junkie. Yeah, all
0: right, all
3: right. Thank you,
0: Disney <laughs> Plus. <laughs> so you 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 Ben's watched a lot of the Marvel uh, movies. Oh yes. Who's your fav- Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite Avenger?
3: My favorite Avenger actually is um, Scarlet um, actually between Scarlet Witch and Black Widow because Black Widow, all all she has is a pistol. Yeah. I mean, literally.
0: She totally kicks ass. I love it. 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 it. Erin, what about you? What is your guilty pleasure?
2: I have to say my guilty pleasure is manicures and pedicures is like (laughs) <laughs> it is like my thing because you know i'm using my hands all the time with the bike like i'm in such a male dominated world that like i just love going to the salon and hanging out with the women and <laughs>
0: just talking
2: drafted. and just chatting it's just yeah. i don't know i just ah oh, it like sets me straight it gives me like a little boost of dopamine that i need so i love it I it love costs it. me some money that i don't want to spend but it's worth <laughs> it
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And Tracy, what about you? What is your guilty pleasure?
1: Oh gosh. I think I'm going to have to go the same thing as Nikki. Um, If someone saw my watch again on Netflix, (laughs) um, I'd be really embarrassed for you to see what I have watched. (laughs) Um, but, But it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where during the day I spend a lot of my time reading and researching about things that are pretty, can be pretty horrific and you get that sort of, um, overload washing over you. And it's so nice just to watch something silly. So I think that's my pleasure.
0: Absolutely. And I I just got to say, so I think I drive my wife mad. Um, so I have my guilty pleasure. I, I I am that was one of the things that I inherited from my mom is being a romantic. So I have to watch every Hallmark Christmas movie that starts in oh. October all the way till <laughs> January. And then it still continues <laughs> on because I DVR everything. So I have to watch <laughs> it throughout the year. And and my wife is like, it's summertime. You're playing Christmas music. Come on. <laughs> and I'm like, I gotta watch it. But it's between the, the Hallmark movies, and we found these things at Trader Joe's. If you have a local Trader Joe's by you, uh, there is these things called Bombas, and they're made with peanut and corn. They taste like they look like cheese puffs, but they taste like uh, they're like a mixture of corn and peanut butter puffs, like of yumminess. And they they do ones that are dipped with Nutella and all this great stuff, and it is my way to sit at home. You think I'm watching a basketball game or something. I'm watching Hallmark movies, watching my Hallmark Christmas movies and my Bambas, sitting in my chair and watching my gig. That's that's my thing. That's my guilty pleasure. Uh, but I am just, yeah, I, I, that, is, that is one of my worst guilty pleasures, I guess. <laughs> but again, I wanna thank all of you so much for your time and your energy. Thank you all for joining me. Everybody out there, please follow everyone that you see um, from Tracy. I'm going to actually bring your your solo layout one more time. You follow Dr- Tracy at Tracy Vegan at, at expat. It looks like expat, um, but um, let me see if I have her. Let's see, Tracy, where are you at? Tracy at At Animal Time TV, you can see your dog ears right there. Put peep (laughs) right over the little banner there. Please follow Tracy; she's amazing. She's a dear, and I'm so I was so excited to to have you on. Thank you, Tracy, for your time. Um, Thank you. We have Aaron. Aaron, thank you so much. Uh, Let me see if I can bring your solo layout in. Um, And at her her IG page is Outdoor Bougie. Um, Bougie. Bougie. bougie, bougie. Um, And um, you could also help Aaron and donate to Project Bike Love. This is huge. Her organization, their organization is just amazing. And they have some really cool cycling kits. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyways, please follow Aaron and Project Bike Love and donate what you can. They could definitely use the help. Uh, Let's bring on. Joy, Joy, thank you so much again for your time. You can follow Joy's ID page at Fitness Seven Two Four. I love your page. You just make me feel pumped up too. Um, thank thank you, you for your time, Joy. Um, you're you're a monster. I love it. Joy Al, here we go. Follow Joy Al um, at Black Fam Cyclist. She's a PhD, and you know it. She's a PhD. <laughs> uh, I love it when she sent me yep. her bio. She's like, yep, you know it. Um, so <laughs> I, I thank you so much for your time, Joy Al. You're amazing. Um, I love everything you brought to the screen today. Um, please follow Joy Al. Um, and also, we got Nikki, Nikki Cruz. Um, and you can follow her at Marty Mommy, right? Marty Mommy. Um, And she also has, let me see if I did this right, Nikki Cruz. There is her website, martymommy.com. You will uh, appreciate, you've been on several different um, shows and have have been represented several ways in different publications. Um, So look out for Nikki. She's out there. Um, All her stuff is so valuable to the screen, to, to you, Um, especially because we're still coming out of this pandemic. If you really want to learn a lot about parenting and mental health, Nikki provides that on her page and you'll love her pictures of her kiddo. Absolutely adorable. Um, I think that was one of the highlights to our reels that we did. Thank you so much, Nikki. Um, And to all of you, all of you who joined us today, we really appreciate you. Um, Please stay tuned for more um, coming to you. Um, if you want to join us out here at Breaking Bread, you can follow that email address. It's a long email address at Bread with Lavelle Voyage at gmail.com. And if those of you don't know what Lavelle Voyage means, it means the traveling bicycle in French. Um, since I was a cyclist and a wine enthusiast, that was one of the things that I put together. So um, please email me there. If you have any inquiries or if you want to join us on the program, please email me there. Ladies, once again, thank you so much for your time have a great day everybody bring did anybody bring your little toasting glasses or anything no i, I got water. my coffee cup i got everybody cheers to you cheers to you on your your day and women's history month let's make women's history month and women's international day every day let's go out and support these ladies support their entities and let's let's provide the content that they need so we can equalize we can on common grounds with everything let's do our jobs thank you so much be well everybody thank you 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 for having me
2: all
4: right thank you bye everybody cheers cheers cheers,
0: cheers all right and here we go this is the the part where it takes me a little bit long there we go